Welcome to Transforming Lives with Michael Carter, pastor of The Life Church. The Life Church is a place where you'll enjoy interactive dynamic worship, prayer, and a very practical, down-to-earth yet spiritual message. Our service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night reboot at 6.45 p.m. Visit us at mychurchlife.org or on Facebook. Just search My Church Life and look for The Life Church. Now, let's join Pastor Mike. And I want to talk just for a few moments today about the place that God takes us to when we encounter the Holy Spirit. You know, have you ever had a favorite place that you love? You know, a lot of us have maybe a favorite restaurant or maybe a favorite coffee shop or diner or even a place in our house, you know, that we like to go to. Um, and I want to let you know that there's a place that God loves to meet you. The Holy Spirit loves to meet you in a certain place. And he wants to you to come to his place. Come to my place, God is saying to us. And so often, uh, you know, we want God to come to our place. Come, Lord, to where I am. Uh, I want to show you all the problems that I have. I want to show you my circumstances. I want you to see all this that I'm going through. And God is saying, the only way for me to get you to rise above your circumstances is for you to come to my place. Come to my place, and, and then you'll see from my perspective. I'll, I'll help you to rise above all of that and see from my perspective. I don't know about you, but I know so often in my life, I, I go through things. I go through circumstances, and it gets so clouded in those circumstances that I, I can't see past the circumstances. It's all I can see. And so my, all my prayers are about the circumstances, and all of my conversations with everyone else is about the circumstances that I see. And God is saying, come to me. I want to lift you up above it so that you can see from my perspective. You can see why people do the things that they do. Why people say the things that they say and why you are so offended sometimes at some of these things. Let me uh, allow you to rise above that and to be able to see from my perspective. And we can't do that without the Holy Spirit. We can't do it without the Holy Spirit. And so church, we need to have a Holy Spirit encounter. We need to have a Holy Spirit encounter. And I know it's still a time of, uh, you know, what we're going through with the pandemic and we have all the rules and, you know, only the speaker in churches is allowed, uh, you know, with the mask or whatever it may be. And, and we argue and fuss about all of that. I know this is just a, a crazy weird time. And so you may think, well, because of what's going on right now, we really can't have altar calls. We can't do church the way we usually do church. And I want to tell you this morning that I believe that God is saying that's good because I'm sick of you doing in church the way you think church should be done. We've made church the way we want it to be, and we've caused it to be a tradition. Some traditions are good. The word tradition is not a bad word in and of itself. Some traditions are good, but we can get we can make it such a tradition that we get away from the move of God and what God is really trying to do. And when God moves, we're saying, wait a minute, no, that's not church. That's not how we do church. We're going to tell God how to do church. And so we don't need to be able to come together at the altar. We don't need to be able to, you know, have to do backflips and swing from the chandeliers for a move of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can move. The Holy Spirit can move right where you are. The Holy Spirit can move you sitting right in your seat. The Holy Spirit can come upon you. We don't need all that. If we do that, that's great. If we don't do it, that's great. It's not about those things. That's what we must understand. And see, we make those things to be, that's what church is. 
is. And that's what serving God is. And God says, just come to me, all ye who are heavy laden. All of you who are who labor and are heavy laden, bring your burdens to me. Take my yoke upon you. Just come to me and I'll show you how to do it. And we can't do those things without the Holy Spirit. We need a Holy Spirit encounter. And what I mean by that, it's, it's an extraordinary divine appointment. Come on, with God's presence and his power that radically revolutionizes your life. And it refreshes you with strength and sharpened vision. If you remember, I talked even that first week about how when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, your vision becomes so unique that you'll be able to see around corners. You begin to be able to see what's coming before it happens. Why? Because God lifted you out of the circumstance. And he's showing you things from his line of sight. He's showing you things from his viewpoint. And when you do that, you'll be able to see around corners. You'll be able to see and predict. Come on, somebody. And I'm not being weird, but I'm just telling you, God will show you things that are coming and allow you to prepare for those things so you're not surprised. How many know that Jesus, when he walked the earth, he was never surprised? I know there's a scripture that says, he, I'm amazed at your unbelief. I get that. But Jesus was just never shocked and surprised by anything. He was just never surprised being filled with the Holy Spirit because he trusted, come on, the spirit that infilled him. He trusted that. And so he, he, God wants us to have a place encounter with him. That means encountering God in a special place where the Holy Spirit is able to impact your life in a significant and meaningful way. And listen, often we can't, there's, there's times when you're walking along, you're moving through life, and God will absolutely, he'll kick open the door, he'll slap you upside the head, he'll get your attention, he'll change your direction, he'll do all of those things. If you don't believe me, talk to Noah, he knew that. Talk to Jonah, Jonah. Jonah knew that. Come on. He'll do that sometimes. But often we miss God, not because we're in sin. We miss God but because we're so infilled with what's going on around us. We're so distracted. Satan has got us so distracted by disunity and disharmony. And he's, he's drawn a line and we begin to take sides, even in the church. Instead of being on God's side, we're on an earthly, worldly side. And when we do that, we miss a whole move of God and what God wants us to do. And God is saying, listen, come to my place. Come to my place. Let me cook dinner for you. Let me, let me hold a feast for you. So Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3. If you have your Bible, you can turn over there. If you have a, a device that you can get to Joshua chapter 3, uh, you're welcome to go there with me now. If you don't have any of those things, you can cheat off your neighbor. But if you're trying to social distance and you can't cheat off your neighbor, then just look on the screen. We'll have, we'll have the scripture up on the screen for you. Joshua chapter 3. The Bible says this in verse 1. It says, Then Joshua rose early in the morning. And they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. And he and all the children of Israel and, and lodged there before they crossed over, before they crossed over the Jordan. So it was after three days, significant, three days, that the officers went through the camp. And they commanded the people saying, watch this now, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. He's saying, listen, I'm calling you to leave your place and come to my place. Come to my place. 
We get so comfortable in our place, even in our walk with God. We get, we get comfortable because we, we, we feel like we know what's going on. I've, I've done church for, uh, for a while, so I know how to, I know how to talk Christianese. And, uh, you know, I, I know our, our vocabulary and our vernacular. And, and I, know, I know how we do church, so I'm comfortable in my place. And there are times when God calls us out of that tradition and things don't look like what we think they should look like. You know, there's these young people... You know, they're changing things around. They're doing this, this, this rock and roll and, 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 and new, new fad uh, music. And they're doing things a different way. And they don't dress like we used to dress. I mean, when I was coming up, you know, Brother James got his vest on today. You know, vests were never really out, Brother James. They, they always been in. You know, I come up, you had, to wear the, you had to wear the suit. And most of the time it had to be the three-piece. Because you had to be good looking when you came in to church on Sunday morning. And so this, this sort of this move happened. And, and young people people, they started coming in the church, but they were looking different. They were looking different. We said, no, no, we got to teach them how to do church because, you know, they're not doing it the right way. And meanwhile, God is saying, well, uh, did you check with me? Did you check with me on that? Uh, and, and, and anyway, if there's some things to be changed in them, let me change it. Let me change it in them. Wherever they need to mature, wherever they need to grow up, wherever their focus needs to shift, allow me to do that. Your job is to bring them into the kingdom and love them and welcome them. Yes, hold them to a standard, of course. I'm not saying compromise. You know that. Don't get me wrong. We, can, we have to teach discipline and all of those things, for sure. Good stewardship. But at the same time, are, are we driving people away? Because we get so weird sometimes. I know I keep using that term. You know, the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit and doesn't have to be weird and can still be awesome and mighty and move like we've never seen him move before. People can still get up out of wheelchairs, get delivered from pornography, uh, get healed of blindness, cancer. Uh, all the, the Holy Spirit still does all of that stuff and he does it without being weird. Just us. We bring the weird element to it. Holy Spirit said, I'm trying to heal some people. Y'all being weird. Stop being weird. Let me heal these people. Let them see my might. That's what the Holy Spirit is telling us. And so he wants to, he wants to take us to this special place. And I think that one of the things that we have to realize is that we, we come to a point when we, when we seek and we want to get understanding. We come to a point, one of the things that we do is we gather information. We gather all of the information, and then at some point, come on, Bloomington, Indiana, Indiana University, academia, we come to a point where we, we come to a fork in the road. Now, if you, want, if you want human education and human knowledge, you'll go to the left, where now all of a sudden you'll gather all of the information, and what you begin to do is you begin to apply all of your experience to the information that you've gathered. You begin to apply... Uh, the science that you know. You begin to apply reason. You begin to apply all of these things. And when you put all of these things together and mix it all up, now you start to get an understanding that makes sense to the human mind, to the human eye, and to the human ear. And we can, we can discover some things in that way. But if we back up here to the fork in the road and we're trying to get some godly knowledge and we're trying to understand some things that are spiritual because you can't solve racism with this kind of knowledge. You can't solve, solve human secularism with this kind of knowledge. You can't change hearts with this kind of knowledge. You can discover uh, new plants. You can discover new uh, ways to fuel cars. You can discover all kinds of things with this knowledge
knowledge over here. But if you want to be lifted to a spiritual place where God says, look up, look to me, uh, look, look to the heavenly places. Then when we come to the fork in the road, after we've gathered all of our information, now all of a sudden, instead of relying on all of our experience, instead of relying on all of the science that we've gathered through all of the years, instead of relying on all of that human knowledge, we have to go right. We have to have a Holy Spirit encounter. And then God says, yeah, bring all the information with you. Now forget everything that you knew. Forget everything that you know about church. Forget everything that you know about how you think that you're supposed to serve me. Forget everything that you know about all of these things. And now let me put my spirit on it, my anointing on it. And now I'm going to give you some revelation that you can't get over here. Over here, you can just, all you got is science. And you have, that's why people talk about the universe and all these things. They talk about things that make sense. And sometimes over here, God's going to say, I'm going to tell you some things that don't make human sense because I'm going to give you some revelation. I'm bringing you, I'm lifting you up to another place. He's saying, listen, God is standing here and he's saying, I know you want to go left, but come on over to my place. Come on over to my place. And some of us are at a fork in the road. Some of us are at this place where we can go left and go to the place where everything makes sense. And we can go to the place where we can, we can add our science and our experience. And I don't care how old you are. I've been on this earth 50 years. Some of you much younger. Some of you a little longer than me. But you know what I'm talking about. I've been around a long time. And I, and I understand that there's some experience that I, that I go through. And I have to apply experience to some things because that's wisdom. But when it comes to serving God and when it comes to discovering some things that God wants me to see, it, it can only be done by revelation. Because the letter of the law kills, but the Spirit gives life. It's the Spirit that gives us life. And so some of us need to have a Holy Spirit encounter. And God is going to bring us into a special place. These things that we want to solve, all of this, I don't care what it is. This isn't the first pandemic we've seen, and it, it won't be the last. This isn't the first, first uh, social uprising that we've seen, uh, and it won't be the last. Come on, and I'm not negatively confessing anything. I'm not prophesying anything. I'm just telling you, based on this over here, here, you know, I've seen it before, and it likely in the world, and, and as humans, those things will probably happen again. It's not the first, and it won't be the last, but God is trying to call us to a place, Christians, and it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter your gender. It doesn't matter your color. It doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter where you were born or your background. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic status. God is saying, if you come to this place, my word, I am not a respecter of persons. I am not a respecter of persons. Come to this place and see how I see things. And that's where God wants to bring us to that place. But where we, we're at the fork in the road. And you have to understand, there are some things, there are some things, listen, that God's just going to do. You know, I was talking about Jonah earlier. The, the thing, that was one of those things where God, you're going to preach in Nineveh. It, that's going to happen. I mean, it's just, how do you want it to happen? You know, you want to do it the easy way. Or you want to do it the hard way. I mean, you just want to go on over there. You can mumble and, and crumble and do all those things. Do you want to just go on and do it while you're mumbling and crumbling? Or do you want to get on a boat and ha I'm going to have them throw you off the boat and be swallowed by a fish? We can do it that way too. However you want. So some things just going to happen. They just going to happen. But there's other things called conditional promises that God gives us. 
And it's, and it's up to us to make a choice. That's why, you know, in Joshua says, choose ye this day who you will serve. But it's for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God says, I set before you. And this is, I think this is the question. This is, this is what God is saying to us, church, not the world, not the world. He's telling the church, I believe it. And I am prophesying now. I believe God is saying to us, I am setting before you life and death. What will you choose? Will you choose disunity? Will you choose chaos and confusion? What, church, I'm not, I'm not asking Republicans and Democrats what you're going to choose. I'm not asking black people and white people what you're going to choose. I'm asking the church. If you're, if you're blood washed, if you're saved by the blood of the Lamb, if you have confessed with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the Holy Spirit, raised him from the dead on the third day, then God is talking to you. I set before you life and death. Which will you choose? And then he gives you a little hint. Choose life. I'm just saying. Just, just saying. Which will you choose? So God is saying, I want you to come to this place. God has spiritual places that he wants to bring us to even while we're in our natural realm. And when, when you decide and you're at this fork in the road and you say, okay, I'm going to go this way, God. I'm going to, I'm going to, to us it's taking a chance, but it's not taking a chance. The just shall live by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. Come on. And when you decide to do this, all of a sudden God brings you into a personal word place. He brings you into a place where, you, you know, one, one of the funny things to me also is when we get a word from the Lord, sometimes it's... Uh, it's, we, I got to get this word out. I, I'm a preacher, so I understand it, or at least a speaker or a teacher or a pastor. So I, I get, I understand that when, when, the, when God gives you something or you hear a, a special word from the Lord, I got to tell people. I got I to gotta get it out. This is for the body of Christ. And there are absolutely words like that. But God, if you, if you come to this place and you say, Lord, I, I choose to, to get revelation. He takes you to a personal word place where the word that he gives you sometimes is just for you. And it's one of the hardest things for us to understand and to accept when God gives you a word that's just for you. Because I can't share it with anybody else. And I want to share this word. This word is so good. And I want to tell somebody else about this word. But no, it's a personal word place. And God, when you, when you come to that place, God also brings you to a place of provision, a provision place. Abraham built an altar and then God provided in that place at Mount Moriah. And it had emotion and it had meaning. See, it's not just a formula that we follow when we serve God. This thing, folks, is about relationship. That's why I say that we, we make it weird sometimes. I keep using that word is because uh, we don't understand that this is, this is a relationship that we have with God. And, and, and yeah, there are certain things that we should follow. And God says, if you do this, if my people, which are called by my name, if you will follow my commands, if you will obey my law, uh, then this will happen. He gives us a lot of if then statements. But at the very core, our, our thing with God is, a, is a, a relationship. It's a relationship. It's, it's me and the Lord Jesus, and we got a thing going on. This thing is a relationship that we have. 
And, and so that's why he wants to bring you into this personal word place, into this place of provision. God wants to bless us, but we can't just use it as a formula. It's just like uh, many of us are parents and all of us uh, have been or are children. <laughs> and so we, we understand that parent-child relationship sometimes when it's like, yes, I want to bless you. Yes, I want to give you the money. Yes, I want to buy you a car. Yes, I want to do whatever it is, but I want you to call me sometime. I, I want to talk to you. I want to see how you're doing. I want to see what's going on in your life. And that's the way God is with us. He wants a relationship. That's why he wants to fill us with his spirit. That's how he talks to us. He talks to us in that way. And so there's a place of provision. He wants to provide, but he wants you to come on over to my place. Come on over to my place and I'll provide. I remember one time my dad, God rest his soul, uh, I, I needed some money. And it was a significant amount of money. I won't say what for, but I needed a couple thousand dollars. And, uh, I, you know, the funny thing was I knew my dad had it at this time. And uh, so I called him up, Dad, you know, this is, go this is going on, that's going on, and I need, I need some money. I need a lot of money. I need a lot of money. And so my dad, you know, he didn't say right away, I'm going to give you the money. He kind of hem-hauled around a little bit, and I'm going, oh, man, Dad, he probably thinks bad of me, and he's not going to give me the money, and I'm going to be in this situation. And he said, I tell you what, why don't you come on over and talk to me about it? Oh, come on, Dad. I got to come over. Now we got, I just, just give me the money. That's, I just, just give me the money. And uh, so, you know, I had to go over. I had to go over to the house and nobody was there. Mom went to work and he was off that day. And we had a conversation for about three hours and only about 10 minutes of it was about what I needed the money for. He just wanted to spend some time with me. Don't you know your heavenly father just wants to spend some time with you. And if we don't get that, uh, then we'll never be truly provided for the way that we should be. He takes us to a place of what I call felt realized presence place, that presence place, that place where you know God is here. I, I used to drive to work years ago with a friend and, uh, you know, we both served the Lord. And one, one time we were driving to work and he said, you know what, Mike, he said, uh, I, you know, people talk about how they hear from God. And he said, it's just, I'm not complaining. I just never hear from God in that way. I mean, I feel things, you know, but I, what, what do they, how is that? How does that happen? I mean, does God, does God talk to you audibly? Or, I mean, I've prayed and I don't, I don't know what that is. I thought that was a very good question. I think that's one of those things that sometimes we're afraid to talk about. You know, because it's like, oh, you just, just, you know it. You know it in your knower and you feel it in your spirit. And we, again, we, we, that's good right there, but then we keep on going and we make it weird. <laughs> we make it weird somewhere up here. And it's a very practical question. God, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about a Holy Spirit encounter. So we know that God is spirit. The Bible says that. But you have to understand that God also is a very practical God. He also under, he made us this way. So God is also very practical, and he's okay with questions like that. God, how come you don't talk to me? Uh, you know, I hear uh, Jakes and Copeland and whoever else you want to name uh, on TV and Billy Graham and all these people, and they say, the Lord talked to me and the Lord told me this. I never heard anything from you. Talk to me. Pray. Pray that prayer. Pray that God's not afraid. God's not scared of you. He's not scared of your questions. He's okay. He's big enough to shoulder those questions. But he will, and he's saying, come to my place. Come to my place. Stop trying to get me to come over your stinky, dirty house. 
Come to my place, because when you come to my place, uh, you're going to have an encounter with me. And you're going to have a, it's a presence place where you'll know beyond the shadow of a doubt. And you may not even be able to explain it. So I couldn't explain to my friend how it feels or, how, or what it's like when God speaks to me, but I know that I know it. But I couldn't explain it. And he's saying, come to my place and you won't be able to explain it to people, but you'll know that I'm talking to you. And, and that's the God encounter place. He takes us to a place where we absolutely encounter him. We see him face to face. Moses wasn't afraid to ask him. He said, Lord, show me your glory. Show me your face. There are those of us that need to pray that prayer. Lord, show me your face. Show me your glory. And he brings us to the voice of God place, right? Where, where he, he talked to Moses as, as a friend. He talked to Moses as a friend, and he'll do you the same way, but it's up to us to come to his place. And we have to understand, though, that this place that God brings us to is a holy place. That's why he told Moses to take off his sandals, because this is, this is, not, this is not the normal place. I mean, we're just not meeting at Starbucks. I mean, you might physically be at Starbucks or you might physically be in your office at home or your bedroom or your den or your closet or wherever it is. But, but the place, the spiritual place that we're in, it's a holy place. It's set aside. It's separate. And we have to treat it that way. You see, we, but we're so busy with things that are distracting. The enemy wants us to be so distracted that we don't even realize sometimes that we're in a holy place. We don't even realize sometimes that God is speaking directly to us. We don't realize that because we're so distracted and, and we don't turn our eyes toward Jesus. Our eyes are on circumstances. Peter experienced that. He says he was walking on the water, but when he what? When he saw, when he saw the wind and the waves, he began to sink. When he saw, when his eye, he took his eyes off of Jesus and he began to look at his circumstances. He began to look at the storm. Then he began to sink. This holy place, this place is also a hiding place that he's going to take us to. Come on over to my place. I know you're going through a lot. You're being beat up on the left. I, you know, the money's not right on the, or the money's not correct, you know, over here. And your relationship uh, with your family and your wife is not uh, the way you want it to be. And people are talking about you in the job. And, and now they're talking about, uh, uh, you know, taking away some of the money at the job. Instead of a promotion, you're being demoted or whatever it may be. And you're going through all these things. And it seems like you're getting beat up on every side and you just can't make it. Come to my place because it's a hiding place. I'll shelter you from all of those things. Because when I can shelter you from all of that, listen, it's, it's, it's no different. Uh, and my mother used to do this. Uh, you know, when I, I would come in, uh, you know, from the outside and, and, and maybe I'm distracted or I want to get back outside or I'm, I'm running in because I want to see my show or the football game or whatever it is. And she has something important to tell me. And to her, something important is clean your room and I want it clean this way. That's her important thing. But, but it's the way she wants it clean. I don't want you to just go in there and throw stuff around, clean it this way. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, no, I want you to do something. I'm like, yeah, 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 I got to get to this. She'll say, hey, look at me. Look at me. You ever done that? Look at me. Look at me. 
This is what I want you to do. I want you to rinse the dishes before you put them in the dishwasher. I want you to wash the pots and pans. Don't put them in the dishwasher. Then I want you to sweep the kitchen floor and even under the table. Then I want you to wipe off everything, including the stove. Anything that's left out that needs to be in the refrigerator, I want you to put, look, look, look at me. I want you to put it into the refrigerator, okay? And it, you know, goes through everything. And, and God, he says, when I can get you to this place and I can shield you from all that other distracting stuff, now I can talk to you. Now I can tell you about my love and how you're an overcomer and how you're more than a conqueror. And I can tell you how you're delivered from this thing. I can tell you how you're already healed and you just need to walk in the healing because now I have your attention. Look at me, God is saying to some of us. Look at me and come to my hiding place. Come to my secret place. This is a secret place where only, only us and God are. Only us and God are. And we have to, we have to get that in our mind. I, I don't know if you're, if you're like me, but sometimes I'm telling you, I hear something from God and I just got it. Maybe it's because I, I have the opportunity to speak uh, most Sundays. It, it's, 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 it's so at that thing where I hear it and I just, I have to tell it. I have to tell it. And God is saying, no, come to the secret place. Can you keep a secret can you keep a secret? A secret is, I love you, and you're pretty, and you're handsome, and you're beautiful. And, and, I, and, and no, even though you did that thing yesterday, you said what you wasn't supposed to say, I already, I, listen, my mercy was waiting on you this morning. When you got up, my mercies are new every morning. Doesn't mean I condoned it, but my mercy was waiting on you. All you had to do was ask for forgiveness. I'm right here. This is the secret place. He wants to commune with us and talk to us and tell us all of those things. It's a, it's a solitary place. Come on. It's a, it's a God-directed place. It's a place where God wants to bring us. Uh, and you know, I even call it uh, the mountains melt place. Come on, where, where mountains are all around you. You know, my grandfather had this saying, uh, Michael, you're just making a mountain out of a molehill. And he, he takes us to a place where we can see things for what they actually are. But we're at this fork in the road. We'll never get to this place over here that has all of these things in it. The holy place, the hiding place, the secret place, the place of provision, the healing place, the deliverance place, the provision place, the overcoming place. Come on, we'll never get the reconciling place, the unity place. We'll never get to that place because every time we get to the fork in the road, we want to apply science and we want to apply experience and we want to apply all the things that we already know to, to, to the knowledge that we have to make it make sense. And God's saying it's never going to make sense over there because these are heavenly things that I'm trying to tell you. These are heavenly things. And so some of us are at a fork in the road. Some of us are, us are at that place today where we have all the information. We've seen the news. We, we, we know what's going on. It's not like we don't know what's going on. We, we have all the information. But you're still at, you can't stop right there. What are you going to do now? Now what are you going to do? Where are you going to go from here? This is the question before us. And again, it's to the church. Not to the world. This is to the church. Blood-bought Christians. This is to you. What are you going to do now? Because the future, not just of America. I know, I love America. I served in the army, okay, back in the 80s. Kind of tells you how old I am. I ain't going to say nothing about you, Eldon. I, I'm, you know. <laughs> uh, 
so, you know, but, but this, the future of this world, the future of the next generation like Christina and, and, and all of the young people, their future is in the hands of the church, not of the world, not of the president, not of Congress, not of any of those things, but it's in the hands of the church. So church, what are you going to do here at the fork in the road? Which way will you go? What will you choose? What will I choose? Maybe it takes us looking in the mirror. Maybe we need to, even today, I know you got to eat first, so go, go eat. Then after that, maybe we need to go look in the mirror and ask ourselves that question. Which way will you go? What will you choose? Will you, will you rely on the knowledge that you have and your experience and what you've seen? Or will you choose the right way where revelation is, where unity is, where reconciliation to God is, which will we choose?